0: Resilient and innovative. This podcast is your source for the latest information on the management, markets, research, and technology related to blueberry production. This is The Business of Blueberries. Here's your host, President of the U.S. High Bush Blueberry Council, Casey Cronquist.
1: Welcome back to another episode of The Business of Blueberries, the only podcast dedicated exclusively to the blueberry industry. We've got another Blueberry Summit in the books, and thank you all who joined us in Savannah. It was truly a special week, and I wanted to highlight one session during the summit that was particularly special. On Thursday night, we had the chance to recognize the recipients of our Duke Galetta and Alex Weatherby Awards. This year, both of our recipients are industry leaders who many of you probably know and have both been featured here on this podcast, but I appreciated the messages both of them shared in their accepted speeches, so I wanted to share those with you here on this podcast. There is a lot of wisdom in their words collected over decades in this industry uh, that we'd like to share with you on the business of blueberries. We'll start with the Duke Galetta Award, which recognizes excellence in blueberry horticulture. The award is named in honor of Duke Galetta of Atlantic Blueberry, an inaugural member of the North American Blueberry Council. Galetta was Very involved with the blueberry varietal development and worked with USDA plant breeders, allowing them to set up test plots at Atlantic Blueberry. He had such an influence on the blueberry industry that the Duke variety is named after him. Nominees for the Duke Galetta Award have demonstrated leadership in research within the blueberry industry and have contributed to the blueberry industry in its development. This year's recipient of the Duke Galetta Award is a pioneer in all senses of the word and is considered a world-leading expert in blueberry genetics. He has been active and involved in the development of the Australian blueberry industry since its inception in 1975. His early work has involved the development of several northern highbush varieties, both northern and southern highbush, including the world-renowned Eureka. His vision and innovation in trailblazing research has developed the blueberry industry and the genetics we use around the world. You might have guessed it already, but this year's winner of the Duke Galetta Award is the owner of Mountain Blue Orchards, Ridley Bell.
2: I started in 1975 and I was given a couple of thousand seedlings, they were small seedlings, and I was told, they're yours, you've got to go and do something with them. No one else was interested. I happened to be naive enough in 1975 to believe that flavour was really important. The first ribbon I put on became a variety called Brigitta. And uh, I loved the flavor of it, and I never ever resiled from the fact that I thought that flavor was the most important characteristic. And um, Dave Brazen', will, if he's here somewhere, Dave, Dave used to go, "Oh, Ridley's just about flavor, you know? And you can imagine Dave saying that, can't you? And I, I'd say, "Dave, people want to eat good blueberries." And I remember being on the farm in Florida of someone who' remain unnamed. And we were looking at this variety. This was in about 1993, and it tasted like battery acid. And I said to him, mate, what are you doing? What are you doing? He said, people don't eat blueberries. They use them in pies and in jams. And I said, really? <laughs> Hello? If you give them something to eat, they'll eat it, but give them battery acid and they'll put it in their car. So I've never resolved from it, but look, as a breeder, a good friend of mine is John Clark. Some of you probably know Dr. John Clark. and John's retired and he's now consulting to us in our Blackberry breeding program. But John often says to me, Ridley, really? you've got to be crazy to be a breeder, don't you? Standing in the hot sun, eating fruit all day till you're sick. He said, you've got to be crazy. I said, yeah. I said, I thank God that he made me crazy because I'm out there doing what I really love. And um, who have been really influential in my, in my career? Mike, of course, and and, uh, Paul Irene's always been a a good friend, but one of the people that um, that really influenced me early on was an American guy, but he wasn't anything to do with the blueberry industry. His name was Norman Borlow. In fact, um, he was the one, he's the only agriculturalist that's ever won the Nobel Peace Prize, and he won it for his work in um, the Green Revolution. He he um, produced wheat varieties. And I read his story and I said, that's what I want to be like. And he would go into the field and the, the people who knew him said that he could walk through rows of wheat and tell you what the parents were and the children and all the rest. And I said, I've got to be like that. So I've become like that about my, my genetics. I walk through the field and, and my team, I've encouraged them to buy in. And when we sit around the table to plan the crosses, you know, there's six or eight of us are there working on it and they'll say, oh, boss, what about trying that with that? And I go, yeah, that's not a bad idea, you know, and they've bought in because everybody knows 48-2 or 23-1 or something and it's a really important thing. If you're a young breeder here, I would say you've got to love them like your children and really get to know them and, and that's the way you're going to lift the bar and move forward incrementally every year. So um, just very briefly, Mountain Blue is a a vertically integrated company. We have the breeding program, we have the nursery, we have several hundred acres of uh, orchards, plus we have third-party growers, and then our children own a marketing company now called Mountain Blue Marketing. And I've always said to the kids that breeding is like a three-legged stool You've got three legs, you've got the consumer, you've got the, the uh, grower, and you've got the marketer. And I said, "The grower will always tell you, "Yields." Now, how many growers say to me, "Does it yield?" And you say, "Yes." And I say, "What's important to you? Yield. What's second important yields? What's third important yield?" And growers want yields. I understand that as a grower. They also want um, machine harvesting today, and I, I noted what you said there. It's, a, it's an important part of our, our program. But the marketers, they want blueberries that chip well. They want them to look good. They want a good bloom. And the consumer, what does the consumer want? They want flavour. They want crunch. They want jumbo or size. And I'm told we had some Chinese guests recently the other day And they came in and they said in China, you know, we equate crunch with freshness. It might have been on the water twenty-five days from from Peru, but if it's crunchy, they equate it with freshness and they love it. So, just very briefly then, where are we going? Well, we have I gone too long. (laughs) Another minute. (laughs)
3: <laughs> OK.
2: <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, I, was, I was once asked if I was interested in going into politics and I said, do I look that stupid? <laughs> um, so, just again, if you're a young breeder in this place, I would encourage, and I'm happy to talk to you, we're very open and we allow anybody onto the site because people like Mike have been so helpful, given me so much encouragement over the years. And we have people, we even have our uh, opposition will come in and they'll say, come in, have a look, we'll show you what we've got. We talk to them about how we do it. Now, our attitude is we learn from them as much as they learn from us. So, young breeders, if you're here tonight, Start with building blocks. We look at building blocks and we have a sheet that I take into each block. We have 20 acres of seedlings and selections. And I take a, on a clipboard a sheet for jumbo, a sheet for, for machine harvest, a sheet for, for flavour. And we, we work on building blocks, a sheet for crunch. I think we're getting too crunchy with some of them now. Some of them are almost like little rocks. But we, we work out what are the building blocks and when we sit down at the end of the year, we say, "How do we bring these building blocks together? What are we going to do to achieve what we want to achieve next?" And uh, so, if you're a young breeder, start thinking building blocks. Start thinking, "How do we bring it together?" Start thinking, "Are these my children, and how do I love them, and how am I going to uh, how am I going to move forward in the future?" So, the future for us, we're a family company. Joe, you know, we obviously get people wanting to buy in the equity investors and all of that. We have a family constitution and our children have said this generation and our generation will never go away from being a family company because as a family company, we can take a long-term view. So we take a long-term view with our rubus breeding, blackberries, raspberries. We just started breeding kiwi berries. And some of these things I say to my daughter who's in love with kiwi berries, it's a 10-year deal, but we can do it. We don't have to give a bottom line at the end of, end of the year, you know? So there you go. Thank you very much, and I hope that uh, uh, you'll all enjoy the bluebies.
1: Congratulations again to Ridley and thank you for making the long trip all the way out to Savannah to accept this award. If you'd like to hear more about Ridley, go revisit his episode of the podcast, which is episode 47 back in May of 2021. Next, we'll hear from this year's recipient of the Alex Weatherby Award. But before we do that, it's time for our crop report. With the North American harvest having come to an end, we turn our attention to the fruit being harvested and shipped in other parts of the world. So here once again is your Blueberry Crop Report.
0: It's time for your Blueberry Crop Report, an update on crop conditions and markets from important blueberry growing areas. Today, you'll hear from Luis Vegas in Peru and Mario Ramirez in Mexico. This was recorded on October 11th, 2023.
4: Hello, this is Luis with a crop report from Peru until the end of week 40, which is a week going from October 2nd to October 8th. So the Peruvian season this year started in week 18 in May, and up until the end of week 40, Peru has shipped a total of 161 million pounds of fresh blueberries worldwide, representing a drop in volume of 44% versus last season. The main reason for this drop in volume is the atypical weather because of El Nino phenomenon, which has uh, increased the average temperatures this year in Peru by 7 to 9 degrees Fahrenheit, which has had a significant impact in our blueberry production. From the total volume shipped so far this season, 47% has been sent to the US, 29% to Europe, 19% to China, and 5% to other destinations. Also, from the total volume shipped, 11% have been organics. During week 40, a total of 17.5 million pounds have been shipped, representing a drop in approximately 53% versus the volume shipped on the same week last year. From the total volume shipped during week 40, 52% has been shipped to the US with approximately 9.2 million pounds which are expected to arrive to the US market during the last week of October. 30% of the volume during week 40 has been sent to Europe, 13% to China, and a reminder 5% to other destinations including Saudi Arabia, Bahrain, Brazil, Canada, Chile, Colombia, Costa Rica, Dubai, El Salvador, Guatemala, Hong Kong, India, Israel, Kuwait, Malaysia, Panama, Singapore, Thailand, Taiwan and Uruguay.
3: Hello everyone, here Maria with the Mexican Bluebirds report for week 40. This is the first week of October and during the week, Mexico exported a total of 672,000 pounds of fresh blueberries worldwide. From this volume, 95% goes to North America with a volume of 640,000 pounds. This week, there are no organic blueberries reported and the total volume exportation decreased 10% respecting previous week. In frozen blueberries, Mexico exported 64,000 pounds it is 18% lower volume than week 39, and it represents 3% of the total United States frozen importations for week 40. This is a lower percentage, but it's higher than uh, other weeks for Mexico. That's all in my report. See you next week. Thank you very much.
1: Well, thanks so much. To our colleagues around the world who take time to participate in these reports, as a reminder, you can go to the USHBC website to find our Data and Insight Center to see more data of what's happening in the blueberry industry. Visit ushbc.org forward slash data to check that out. The Alex Bee Award is next, which recognizes outstanding contributions for the blueberry industry in marketing and promotions. Alex Weatherby was one of the NABC founders and a blueberry marketer from New Jersey who was recognized industry-wide for his passion in promoting blueberries. Weatherby was known for regularly saying yes to opportunities to promote blueberries in our industry and donated a significant amount of his time to the NABC Promotion Committee. Nominees for the Alex Weatherby Award have contributed to awareness, market success of blueberries, and have demonstrated leadership and innovation in effort to promote blueberries in our industry. This year's recipient of the Alex Weatherby Award has spent more than four decades in the blueberry industry, joining Michigan Blueberry Growers Association in 1976 as an assistant manager. In 1983, he later became the general manager and vice president of the association. And then in the mid-1980s, he led the charge to packing and selling frozen blueberries in lieu of raw processing. He also led MBG into understanding that they needed an individually quick frozen fruit, IQF, in the marketplace and engaged MBG in IQF fruit processing as far back as 1990. Many would consider his most significant achievement during his tenure with MBG as his role in the formation of NatureRipe Farms. Then called Global Berry Farms, he led NatureRipe's growth, and he also helped create a sister company that focused on frozen sales. Today, he continues as a strategic advisor to Nature Ripe acts as a consultant in several other areas of our industry and continues to play an active role in the USHBC through his tireless efforts on the NABC committees and task force. This year's Alex Weatherby Award is none other than Mr. John Shelford.
5: I have to begin with Ridley shared with me earlier yesterday, I believe. He says Shelford, you were at some meeting and you said, flavors what is what's important. And I remember on my first as I gave industry, my own board. I remember pineapple 30 years ago? You couldn't buy a good pineapple. But many of you don't remember that. You weren't around. The Del Monte gold pineapple was a pineapple come out. And it was when that hit the marketplace, it was like a hockey stick. Pineapple sales were Del Monte gold. Boom. And I think that's what blueberry steak. But thank you. It's been quite a ride. 40 seven years. My first NABC meeting was Portland, Oregon in the fall of 76. And I think Art said today that he was there. And uh, so maybe Art's preceded me. But uh, I remember one of the early comments was, well, first of all, blueberries were a 12-week deal at the most. And talking with a Kroger merchandiser in Houston, Texas, said he'd never heard of a blueberry or never seen a blueberry. And uh, there was a lot of that in the 70s and 80s. I mean, for the world every day, the world did not know blueberries, and neither did I. You know, we, we got into the blueberry business because the Lord put us in it. And uh, I'm here tonight because I've worked, and I felt I've always had a very high standard of fiduciary responsibility to the people I've worked for and with. And I go back to, I'll just name a name, Pete Holbein. Some of you remember Pete. Pete was the first man that I worked for. And then Ron Baki. Ron was a dear, dear friend. And uh, then the chairman of our MBG board, Vern Rambo. And then uh, you go back and we had the Fritzes. And many of you know Bill and George. Their father is the one that introduced me to Victor Muller. And Victor Muller came, and the story with Victor was I stood him up, and Rod Cook, who many of you know, came back and said, Shelford, you want to meet with Victor. And Victor and I sat at the Hyatt Del Monte in Monterey, California in February of 1990. We had a three-hour conversation on a 55-degree overcast afternoon in Monterey, and that uh, following fall, we started importing raspberries because he didn't have blueberries to the marketplace yet and victor became a a dear friend and victor i will say he was the one that put the vision before me of blueberries for the world every day and uh, victor and i had a many many times together have many times in his home But uh, we truly lost a visionary for the blueberry industry uh, with victor's passing a year ago and uh, a dear friend. And, you know, I just think back to those names and them mention and the, the mentioned the Frozen. Pat Goyne today, who's your president, she was a dear friend, and she kind of got me back into the Frozen business. And uh, so I'm here tonight because of a lot of faithful people that entrusted me with that responsibility. And it's, uh, I've probably forgotten, people remind me more, but there's other people. I was blessed immensely, three of the people who many of you know, We were able to employ under my leadership at that time Rod Cook, Brian Bocock, and Lori Merker. I had the finest team that were my supporters through this whole situation, and so I really appreciate that. Then my wife, Carol, would you stand tonight, please? She's been a loyal supporter. She's got a friend that she says, you haven't been married 56 years. John's been away at least 25 of those 56 (laughs) years traveling. And uh, we did spend a lot of time on the road in the years. But I remember uh, we were exporting in 1978. We began exporting berries to Switzerland. And uh, they wanted me to come over there. And we were trying to do some things in France. And I was really this reluctant farm boy that didn't really want to travel. And she says, you go, you know, you you enjoy the travel and yet getting up and leaving and heading for the airport at four 30 in the morning. And my wife is always a very supporter. You go. And uh, that's just really been really key. And our, our four kids, uh, uh, they're not in the blueberry business. Maybe there's a reason Ridley, (laughs) but, uh, it's just been a tremendous ride with tremendous friends and many of you here I've known for the years and I've been privileged to be able to still uh, hang around. I, I no longer have a board of directors to report to, and I no longer have employees, so I'm having fun now because I really, I'm really kind of a trader at heart, and so I do a lot of buying and selling. Take care of a couple of our big customers, and so it's just that time. And uh, but we've been blessed immensely, and we've seen a lot of. Uh, changes and I hope we led some of those changes. Uh, Casey mentioned a couple of them. I remember we were the first company to truly pre-cool blueberries before we sent them to market. I remember going to New Jersey, going to now South Carolina, coming in from the field today on a truck and go. They went, they went basically at ambient temperature. We we saw the need; those berries had to be cold to get shelf life. We also had to be cold. We had we call what we had picking holidays. Coolers are full. And uh, we shut things down. We said, we got to get them cold so we can store them an extra day or two. But we were the first company that did pre-cooling. We were the first company to do actually clamshells and blueberries. In blueberries, I think there were some clamshells and strawberries at that time by Driscoll. But we were doing blueberries and clamshells. And probably many of you don't remember. Pulp cups, rubber bands, cellophane caps. (laughs) Uh, And again, how things have changed so rapidly. But uh, those are just some of the marketing things that we've done. And then we've been a loyal supporter of NABC and of UHHBC. A rising tide lifts all boats. And a TUSAMI will destroy all boats. And we need to keep a rising tide to lift all boats. So thank you very much for the uh, honor. And we just
1: are, are very thankful. Thank you. Working together to benefit all, that's what we're really all about here at USHBC, and I really appreciate those words from John. This year, we also added a new recognition. In addition to the Ducaletta Award and the Alex Weatherby Award, we inducted members into the North American Blueberry Council Hall of Fame. We thought this was an important way to honor and celebrate blueberry leaders, growers, and suppliers who have made a lasting impact on the blueberry industry in North America. The award was established as the industry's highest honor and is open to influential leaders both past and present. Their legacy and recognition will live beyond tonight's ceremony and will be featured on a dedicated Hall of Fame wall in Blueberry headquarters here in Folsom, California. Since we are starting this tradition this year, it seemed appropriate for the inaugural recipients of the NABC Hall of Fame to include the early founders of the organization. If it was not for this group's leadership, our industry would not be where it is today. So I'd like to read the names of our first inductees and then play a short clip from the two of them who were present with us there in Savannah. So let's recognize and celebrate the founders of NABC and the inaugural inductees into the NABC Hall of Fame. First, Howard Clevenger from American Food Incorporated. Joseph Testa from Atlantic County Blueberry Growers Association. Raymond Kinsey from Atlantic County Market Growers Association. George Twice from British Columbia Blueberry Cooperative Association. Miss E.C. Pippen from Carolina Blueberry Cooperative Association. Alex Weatherby from Hamilton Blueberry Exchange. Joseph Presti from Hamilton Cooperative Fruit Auction Association, Incorporated, S.C. Jack Johnson from Michigan Blueberry Growers Association. Raymond E. Leach from the Oregon Blueberry Growers Association. Richard H. Drew from the Pacific Northwest Blueberry Growers Association. Fred Wagner from Paco Companies Incorporated, Michael Sapansky from Tuberloo Cooperative Association. In addition to that list, two of our NABC Hall of Fame inductees were able to join us in person to receive their honor. This first is no stranger to the industry or this podcast, New Jersey blueberry grower, Denny Doyle.
6: When I was younger and coming up, we had issues, we had problems. But because we were family, we resolved them. We talked about them and we moved forward. There are issues coming before us, but we can do it if we remember our DNA, who we are. I love this family and I'm moving off of the stage because I love this industry. I love my blueberry kids and all the other young kids coming into this industry. They got to carry this forward. They can do it. Trust them, they can do it. In New Jersey, we've been developing the Blueberry Kids for over six years. To where I'm at a point, it's all good. God, I love all of you. And I'll be in touch. Thank you so much.
1: And last but certainly not least, we get to recognize Mr. Art Galetta of the Atlantic Blueberry Company, also there in New Jersey.
6: I look back at all those names and I'm thinking, geez, I'm not in the same category as those names. I mean, it's, I'm so humbled by this, uh, you, you wouldn't believe it. And uh, not done yet. We're not done yet. Still be the past chair for another year. I I thank you all. I mean, it's certainly, it's a ridiculous honor for for me to to accept, and I I appreciate it.
1: Well, as I'm sure all of you can tell, it was a special night for those that were recognized and all of us that were in attendance. I certainly left feeling very proud and energized, more than ever, about the legacy of this industry and the opportunity that's ahead for all of us. Thanks again to everyone who made it to Savannah for this year's Blueberry Summit. I hope to see all of you in Tucson, Arizona for the Blueberry Convention this coming February 28th through March 1st. Well, that's it for Episode 153. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week with more innovation, collaboration, family, and hard work right here on The Business of Blueberries.